0: It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash prime for details.
1: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
3: Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR.
2: This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Here we go. It's a Thursday. Loaded up. Good to be here. Live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. One hour from now, if you love fantasy football, betting on football, want to get smarter at football, Greg Cosell, NFL Meat Sandwich, breaks down the NFL 15 minutes on film, makes it really interesting. And he will give you sneak peeks into what's going to happen in these games, who to buy, who to sell. You know, I was I was thinking, it, it, the NFL, because you get one game a week, and especially when you're the on-television game, and you lose that game bigly, you get really hammered. Uh, recency bias takes over. Mm-hmm. We all go crazy. Well,
4: not us. We're reasonable, level-headed. Right, gentlemen. right. Yes, yes, yes.
3: But <laughs> other people, when Philadelphia got sandblasted by the Niners, eh, they're going nuts now. Uh, Steve Young, Hall of Fame quarterback, was on a San Francisco radio station. Niners beat the Eagles 42-19. He now says, who are these guys in Philadelphia?
2: Toward the, like, the third quarter, I'm like, what pretenders these guys were. Like, last year, that defense was smothering. It's not. They've it lost people in linebacker. that You could just see, like, they didn't have the pursuit. They didn't have, like they don't have it. I don't know if they can get it back. I know they were tired, too, but I was like... And we're really good. I mean, I get that part, too. But uh, I just felt like a pretender situation.
3: So Jalen Hurts and Philadelphia have won 24 of 26 games. Home, road, good weather, bad, rain, sun, sleet, snow, blowouts, close games, 24 of 26. That's pretty good. Last two years, the surest thing in the NFL, Philadelphia is going to win a game but their schedule and we had pointed this out weeks ago got strangely backloaded. So they had to face the Cowboys, really good OD lines, Kansas City, great young defense, Buffalo and San Francisco, back to back to back weeks. Rest of the league would have been overwhelmed to go 3 and 1. Toughest four game stretch in the NFL I would argue for any team this season. And the Buffalo game was especially tough. Because the defense was on the field, as J-Mac and I had pointed out, J-Mac first. 96 snaps. And then here came the well-rested 49ers who played Thanksgiving weekend, right? Like, So they get extra rest. And this was our bet of the week. We're like, we think Philadelphia's good. J-Mac's like, blowout. I'm like, take San Francisco. This is our bet of the week. It all lined up. And now they're pretenders. Four straight physical teams in a row. The last one, you're on short rest, heavy snap count, and here come the well-rested, focused, incredibly well-coached, offensively profound Niners. It was pretty obvious it could be ugly fast. By the way, no no matter how great of a pitcher you are, if you get into high leverage moments, inning after inning after inning, you're going to give up runs and hits. But here's something else to consider. We've seen this before. What happened to Philadelphia has been happening for the last several years. Go back to 2020. Tom Brady's Buccaneers got hammered by the Saints twice in the regular season. Ended up Super Bowl champs. The Rams got beat twice by the 49ers. Looked outclassed. Ended up beating the 49ers and winning the Super Bowl. Kansas City last year got beat by Cincinnati and Buffalo. Their primary rivals ended up winning the Super Bowl. Philadelphia got beat by their primary rival, like Brady did twice in one year by the Saints, like the Rams did McVan Stafford twice in one year by the Niners, and like Kansas City did last year with their two primary rivals, Cincinnati and Buffalo. Philadelphia is fine they're the number one seed in the NFC. They have absolutely nothing to worry about. This idea, recency bias, standalone big games that Philadelphia is no good is insane. The last two years in the league, the surest thing, the most consistent thing, isn't that Mahomes would be great. He had bad weekends. It was that Philadelphia would win a football game. But even the greatest pitchers, in high leverage moments, inning after inning, eventually snap philadelphia is going to be just fine i and maybe i alone like them to beat the cowboys this weekend won't be easy it's another high leverage spot all right so this made me laugh actually so i have been um i have supported deon sanders uh i bought into the hype i leaned into it it was the most watched tv show in college football it was fun uh, I was shocked he took the job. I was shocked they were good. I thought they'd get blown out in week one against TCU, and they won. But in an interview this week, Dion Sanders said, you know, the one thing I regret is um, I wish I had more privacy. Uh, it should be noted he said that to People magazine. I'm sure there were several articles about a Kardashian and Lindsay Lohan, the most attention-seeking magazine on the planet. I love Dion, but um, I don't see him as the next J.D. Salinger or Howard Hughes. This was Dion after beating a bad TCU team in week one.
4: I'm a winner. We're going to end up winning. Ain't none of y'all thought you was going to be sitting up here. You, you're supposed to be on the other side,
2: you know, interviewing that or coming and asking me, well, what happened? You said this and you said that. Yeah. Now what? Now what? Everybody quiet now. Now what? Yeah, that guy
3: is seeking privacy. (laughs) He wears a sweatshirt regularly that says, ain't hard to find. The cowboy hat, the sunglasses. He was on pregame shows this year in games in which he was coaching. There was a documentary series called Coach Prime. He allowed it to happen during the season. Most coaches wouldn't. One of the reasons I'm really interested in Colorado in year two is because of Deon Sanders. He puts himself out there, but go ask Baker Mayfield. What happens when you go to a losing culture and a losing organization, and there's a ton of hype and you don't deliver. If you want the mic and you want the stage, people will throw tomatoes. If you bomb and the last two and a half months, Colorado bombed, it was a hype fest. In fact, Last week, Deion Sanders was quoted saying again, Oh yeah, we'll be in next year's 12-team playoff. Guarantee it. Do you know where he said that? On Good Morning America, another notoriously private show. (laughs) People Magazine and Good Morning America. Moms probably have a better update on Dion than their sons who love college football. Dion, you have always loved attention. Almost always backed it up. People magazine, good morning, America ain't hard to find documentary on pregame shows before games. It's that salesmanship that draws you in, but when you bomb and that's what you did the last two and a half months of the season, you're going to get whacked. So, I don't for one second think Deion Sanders really wishes he had more privacy. Now, he just broke up with a longtime girlfriend. I'm sure he didn't like that out there. I get that. Nobody would want their personal info on the web, the internet, but those days are over. But I would say the thing that makes Colorado relevant, they'll never win a national title. They just signed the number one tackle in the country, offensive tackle today. It was here at Fox right down the hall. And they'll get some good players and they'll remain relevant. But, I mean, Dion's not a privacy guy. We're not talking J.D. Salinger, ever, under any circumstances. Cowboy hat, sunglasses, ain't hard to find. We all know what Dion is at this point, right? Like, after all these years of Dion, you're in, you're out. I'm more in than out, but that's a laughable commentary to People magazine, right next to the candy bars in the local grocery store. Um... So the the Yankees made a big deal yesterday, Jay Mac.
4: Big deal, Juan Soto. Hopefully it works out. Hey, can I go back to Dion real quick? How yeah. about that that sweatshirt is cool. Ain't hard to find. I like it. See, I can I get one without the swoosh though, or <laughs> do, I, can I, do I have to cover it up? I don't like advertising for. for are folks. you
3: are you uh, are you pro or anti? Usually with Dion, you take a side. Yeah.
4: I like what he's doing for the sport. Yeah. I don't think – I mean, his bluster about going to the playoff next year, good luck with that. But yeah. uh, I think that's a cool sweatshirt, and I, I like what he's done, yeah.
3: Yeah, so do I.
4: I think you, it's you like interesting, right?
3: Yeah, I think he's I, – that's I, what
4: he's done. And by the way, we
3: don't really have as many of their games, right, because the Big Ten – like, people don't understand this. If college football was a stock, you should buy it. Next year is going to explode. That's why I roll my eyes at all this travesty Florida State stuff, irrelevant, Next year, the Big Ten explosion adding the top teams out west and the SEC explosion adding Texas-Oklahoma plus the 12-team playoff. College football will not be as popular as the NFL, but it will cement itself as the number two sport in America uh, behind the National Football League. It is going to be one of these sports that – and it it, it happens for different reasons. When Michael Jordan arrived to the NBA – it went from a broken down league. I mean, Magic and Bird saved the NBA. It was a broken down right. lead. The late David Stern. It was I mean, the NBA Finals were on tape delay after eleven o'clock news. I remember it as a kid, and I loved the NBA as a kid. I couldn't stay up to watch the NBA Finals, right. and so Magic and Michael saved it. And then Michael Jordan came in and made it global. And you have these new sports. UFC didn't exist twenty years ago of any note, and now it's it's a big thing. It's overtaken boxing. So what's happened for years and years is college football has always been viewed as sort of. Uh, tribal and regional, yeah. and next year it explodes. West joining Midwest, uh, Plain states joining South. Uh, Notre Dame, Penn State, Northern powers. It's going to explode yeah. next year.
4: Normally, the West Coast doesn't care about what's going on in the ACC. You're never going to meet like now the 12-team playoff. Hey, you got to keep them on your radar and know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's way, that's a great point. Yeah, I would yeah. agree. College football, it's a <laughs> bet. It's, it's a buy. Hey, if you're looking for buy stocks. I got a team later in the NFL, division leader, that I just bet today to miss the playoffs. Okay. We'll I get think you're going to like that one. All right.
3: All right, I've got a great parlay for you this weekend thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. Now for the parlay pick of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. I like the Ravens at home, minus seven against the Rams. NFC teams this year, Detroit, Seattle, that have gone east, to face Lamar Jackson and that speed offense have been clobbered. I'll take the Ravens to win by over a touchdown. The Browns have Joe Flacco, but their defense at home should shut down the Jags, who won't have Trevor Lawrence or Christian Kirk. He's having surgery. I like the Browns by a touchdown. Chiefs minus two and a half at home over the Bills. They're better. They're bouncing off a loss, which they normally do. And I just don't trust the Bills in a big spot ravens browns chiefs home favorites like them all if you want to take the herd parlay check out DraftKings sportsbook new users please use the code herd h-e-r-d when you download the app takes a minute that's all
0: 21 plus in most eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in new york call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369 see show notes for full details
1: there are some things that are too good to keep a secret
3: Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours.
0: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash vball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the
2: Apes.
3: You're uh now entering the no bull zone sponsored by Credible Great Rates none of the bull. Um so Juan Soto, a very good hitter for the San Diego Padres is now going to be a very good hitter for the New York Yankees. They made a big sweeping deal yesterday and This is what the Yankees do. They used to win in October. They're now really, really good in December. Uh, Juan Soto led the Padres in a lot of things. He was a top five or six MVP guy. And the Padres were the most disappointing team in baseball at 82 and 80. Yeah. The Yankees chase headlines and relevance, and this will get them both. But San Diego had a better roster of which Soto was included, a better batting order, and they massively underachieved. Baseball organizations, and I know I'm just a casual, but the great ones are filled with nuance and engineering and a lot of little things nobody talks about. R&D, drafting and developing. That's what the Dodgers do, and the Braves are great at, and the Astros. R&D, you know, that kind of stuff. The Yankees used to do it. They drafted the core four and developed them. And then they would add pieces, and they were often not stars. Charlie Hayes, Tino Martinez... Uh, Scott Brocious, Paul O'Neill, good players. But the last decade, it does feel like the Yankees are sort of uh, obsessed, uh, consumed with the shell of the car. Looks great in the showroom. Its best day is when it drives off the lot and then it gets progressively worse. Winning in October, nope, it's more about December. Congrats on John Carlos Stanton or Anthony Rizzo or Juan Soto. Name the last great starting pitcher the Yankees drafted and developed. I've got all day. You'll need it. They don't do that. The Astros do. Four of their top five starting arms. Outside of Verlander, they're guys. The Braves do it. They've got a core eight. Now, the Dodgers will go out and get a Mookie Betts, and my guess is Otani. But again... They bring guys from the minor leagues, and it feels like they all hit. And then move off guys when they get a bit old or less dependable. But this is what the Yankees do. And last year, it's actually what the Mets did over and over, and it didn't work. The pressure cooker of New York. Juan Soto is a great hitter. Fifth in the league in this, seventh in that, five and a half, war. But again, this is what I've watched the Yankees do for a decade now. The players they get don't turn into lemons. Garrett Cole's been very good, right? But it's like the Yankees. You really think they're run as well as the Dodgers or the Braves or the Astros? Nobody in the sport does. But they crush in December.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app.
3: We were. I, I was thinking about this this morning. So there was an article, j Mack and I have gone back and forth on this multiple times about Brock Purdy, how good he is. Is he overrated? Is he underrated? Is he good? Is he very good? That's what we argue about. But I think the really important thing is that, and I know this through sourcing and through people I know, that the Niners are 100% into him. He not only has buy-in, he has owner, GM, coach, roster buy-in. And that's really uncommon in the NFL for quarterbacks. And we were going through this this morning as a staff. And I was asking, and I'm talking 100% buy-in, owner, GM, coach, your top coordinator, there's no arguments, um, and just sort of a vibe in the locker room. Who has 100% buy-in in the league? And these are, the, these are the 10 quarterbacks, I believe, out of 100% buy-in. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Lawrence, Herbert, Dak, Hurt, C.J. Stroud, Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy. I'm not saying they're the most talented, although most are. Now you say, what about Matt Stafford? They tried to rework his deal last year. They're very well aware of his salary, his age, his injuries. They like Matt Stafford. It may be 80-20. But there are some concerns about his age and some injuries. What about Jared Goff? He's got to win a playoff game in Detroit. Remember, he got to a Super Bowl. They moved off him in L.A. He has a certain way he has to play. He needs certain protections to win. So I think they like Goff in the building a lot. Could be 75-25. But he didn't have total buy-in. And Tua. Well, they could sign him to an extension right now. They're not. They can say whatever they want about Tua. If they had 100% buy-in, he'd have a new contract. Well, what about Jordan Love? He's had three good games. Take a deep breath, Cowboy. Three good games. Um, Brock Purdy has 100% buy-in. Now, his contract's not up for three years, and some of that may be he's on the cheap. But inside the building matters, and I think... You know, you could say, what about Kirk Cousins? He didn't have buy-in. He's got about 50% buy-in. But with Brock Purdy, it's IQ, resilience, toughness, leadership, productivity, and salary. you got to count salary. <laughs> right now, you got to count it. He has absolutely... So it doesn't matter if he's overrated or underrated. In, in that room, in that organization, he's one of 10 guys, in my opinion, complete, utter buy-in from the organization. They love him. No dissenters. It would be be a non-starter to criticize him in the building.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with
3: Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spin off of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with
5: captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week, explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to the fifth hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get
4: your podcasts. Saturday, Fox Primetime Hoops begins as UCLA takes on Villanova. The biggest games with the biggest names are on Fox. Primetime Hoops, Saturday at 7 Eastern on Fox. So, uh,
3: you know, it's, it's interesting. Last week, should have taken Arizona. I talked about it in my Blazing Five. They went to beat Pittsburgh, who? Kenny Pickett hurt Trubisky and couldn't move the ball. So it, it is interesting who we choose to be critical of and who we choose to defend and surround ourselves next to. So Arizona's 1-8, and eight, looks like the worst team in the league. Kyler Murray comes back. And they go two and two against four playoff teams as of now. Uh, the Rams, the Steelers, the Texans, Atlanta leads their division. Say what you want. Four playoff teams, two and two. He's very good. But it's interesting to me. Everybody sort of allowed Aaron Rodgers to be prickly and aloof and difficult at times with the front office. And he was defended for years and years and years. And that said, Aaron inherited a good front office, uh, stability, a winning culture, a very good coach who's now winning in Dallas and still was difficult. Kyler Murray gets drafted by the clown show in Arizona where the owner has been rated by players the worst. Front office always been a little bit uh, frenetic. Uh, Not a ton of stability. They hire a coach out of college with a losing record. Multiple stories about the dysfunction in the organization. And in a tough division with, you know, McVay and Kyle Shanahan and Pete Carroll. Leads them to the playoffs. But then all of a sudden stories leak, he's difficult, he plays too many video games. And it's interesting to me, Aaron Rodgers, prickly, passive-aggressive, Aaron inherited nothing but high-standard football. Front office, roster, O-line down. This young guy inherits a mess, a tire fire, and gets him to the playoffs, and now it's and he's difficult. No, he's different. There's a difference between difficult and different. If you go look, we did this this morning, if you go look to Kyler Murray's first 61 games as a pro, and remember, the first two years of this are all rebuild. <laughs> They're all rebuild numbers. Complete 66% of his throws. By the way, that's higher than Aaron Rodgers' first 61 games in his career. Uh, 87 touchdowns, 43 picks. Add on another 26 rushing touchdowns, so 113 total touchdowns, and a passer rating at 92, generally with bad old lines So let me ask you, find a quarterback in this league with a bad organization and bad roster and a rebuild that puts up those numbers. They don't exist. Don't exist. So I, I look at him. You've already paid him, and there's a story this morning that – Is Kyler Murray playing himself in or out of Arizona's plans? They have the number three pick. And I'm like, you're going to bail on this? You're going to bail on this for a rookie quarterback? And probably not the first rookie quarterback. You'd get the second or the third. You've got to be out of your mind. When you go to draft a quarterback, we can all see certain physical traits. But as we've learned with Zach Wilson, a lot of it is behind-the-scenes stuff. Can you handle the media? Can you say the right things? Do teammates like you? It's not just talent, right? This is a guy. I always say this. One thing, if you have money, you're a trust fund kid. If you've had to make it yourself, a lot more respect. Everything Kyler Murray's done in Arizona, he's created. He got very little assistance from owner, chaotic front office stuff, coaching where, where's the big support? In fact, you can criticize Arizona for doing a lot of things. The one thing they've gotten right and had the guts to do, Steve Keim, they moved off Josh Rosen, drafted Kyler Murray. That took a lot of courage. They had just drafted Rosen. They moved off, went Kyler. Great move. What's their second great move? That's their great move. So I, for the life of me, I don't get this talk about if you go look at the top ten teams drafting right now in the NFL, one has a quarterback that can win you games. Kyler Murray. And he's done it with suboptimal stuff, top to bottom. Don't get the discussions. Here was Kyler after, uh, you know, beating the Steelers, going two and two and four games against four playoff teams on his performance. Every time I touch a field, uh, I expect to win. So, um, obviously, you know, still frustrated with the the, the two losses that, you know, me playing and, you know, and dealing with those losses. But uh, I was talking to Is, and just, you know, this is technically, you know, preseason for me, four weeks in the season. Yeah, you know, I, I told him, you know, starting to slow down for me and getting more comfortable. Um, and I could, you know, I, I just feel better out there right now. Four playoff teams, two and two, with a bad roster.
4: Defensive coach. Are you, We've you, seen de- you want to do this again? We do this, I feel like, every week. So you constantly say there are seven quarterbacks in the league you wouldn't take a call about. He ain't one of them, right? So why wouldn't you just restart your salary at quarterback on the cheap, ability to go spend everywhere else, and move on from this guy who's making way too much money? And, you know, I know you like him, but he's not one of the untouchables. Find me. and I didn't say you wouldn't take a call on him. Find me
3: anything in life that is high-end and inexpensive. And Brock Purdy is now. He wouldn't be in two years. Cars, housing, insurance, vacations. Find me the great stuff that's cheap. You can get a bargain occasionally. Kyler Murray's gifted. He's expensive. He was cheap for three years and he led you to the playoffs.
4: He was cheap, and the roster. Was he got better. to the playoffs once, and they did not win. They they lost by twenty plus. Okay, you guys so, are all looking for discounts in Tua, life. So Tua is a great bargain, phenomenal bargain. Now the second you got to pay him forty five million dollars a year, no, that's a, it's a done. Forget it. If Brock Purdy, if he demands, hey, I won a Super Bowl, I was the MVP, I want to be paid like Mahomes. Well, Brock Purdy's the value's gone. So you got to pivot and move off of it. I think the value's gone th- on Kyler. You, who do you think is a more talented quarterback, Kyler Murray or Brock Purdy? <laughs> not, I, gotta, I, I mean, honestly. I mean, come on. What, I, we only have, what, 25 games or whatever of Brock Purdy? But if you're asking me who would I take or who's more talented, I would take Kyler Murray. You have Kyler Murray, and I'll go win. With I didn't Brock love
3: Burton. his winter jacket.
4: By the way, that puffy jacket <laughs> that what is was great. <laughs> I don't know what it,
3: I could never wear that.
4: He looked like a and marshmallow. I never wear that. But no, no. In, in all seriousness, uh, Kyler Murray was a phenomenal high school quarterback. He was dynamic in college. He's had his moments in the NFL. Colin, like, we haven't seen dominant from him other than small stretches where he was, like, maybe an MVP candidate at the first half of the season. But we would both acknowledge
3: that even great quarterbacks, when they don't have certain elements, can struggle. Joe Burrow, first year got hurt. Bad O-line. Justin Herbert, coaching. Josh Allen, coordinator loss. So even the greatest of all time, even the ones we look at as stars – if there's an element that doesn't work for them, Josh Allen is not the same with a second-tier O.C. Not the same quarterback. Joe Burrow, first year, they couldn't protect him. Out. So what, you're, what I'm saying is we have to add the context of do they have the elements that a quarterback needs. I love Mahomes. If Andy Reid and him have never been together, he doesn't have the rings. Right. Andy is the component that makes it work. But we would agree Kyler Murray needs a lot more than what they've got right now. They're not a good team. Right? Well, so, they're two and two against four playoff teams with Kyler Murray. Four playoff teams. Well, we all like Houston. I, I, I'm the idiot who liked Pittsburgh. Um, okay, but I'll say that, 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 everybody listening to me knows how good Houston is this year. Go ask Denver after last week. Wait, Atlanta, didn't beat them, did they? I thought no, they were I'm, I'm just saying the oh. four teams they've played and been viable against. Right? Houston, Rams, McVeigh's having a great year, Atlanta,
4: and Pittsburgh. So those are not bad teams. They're division-leading. They're A- in the Atlanta. playoffs. Do they start Taylor Heineke that game? So, so the two wins are against Taylor they Heineke lead their, and Mitch Trubisky. They lead their division. Atlanta leads their division. We oh, are now, we're not in week four. It sounds like excuse-making. Well, You've got to ask Greg Cosell about this. Who would he rather take, Brock Purdy or Kyler Murray? Oh, promise man. me you'll ask him. No, oh. I won't promise that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making
3: promises on that. Greg <laughs> Cosell, our NFL meat sandwich next. Be
2: sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app.
5: This is it. We've got an
3: Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this
5: before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is...
2: a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
3: Greg Cosell, 44 years, NFL Films. (laughs) All right, this is what you do, breakdown film. So, J-Mac has got Brock Purdy not only being uh, MVP, but being enshrined in Canton here in about 45 minutes. <laughs> I think he is, to some degree, a product of his environment, but I do think he's a talented kid as well. We've seen the NFL, Mark Brunel, Kurt Warner, Tony Romo, Tom Brady. Late-round picks, we've seen this historically. Every five or six years, we see one hit. Dak's a fourth-round pick. What the tape say about Brock Purdy in Philadelphia?
5: Yeah, here's what I'll say, Colin, and it's the reason I think he was not uh, drafted high, and not that he should have been drafted in the first round, but the reason he was drafted where he was and not uh, evaluated highly. He does two things at a really high level that have shown up in the NFL that you don't see in college football because the games are so different. Number one, He's masterful when it comes to reacting to late rotation at the snap of the ball by the defensive coverage. You don't see a lot of that in college because in college, there's not a lot of defensive complexity. So this is something we didn't know about Brock Purdy. I'll be the first to admit that. I didn't know that, but he is so good recognizing disguise and late rotation and throwing the ball within the timing and structure of the play design. And number two, something else you don't see a ton in college because you don't need to make these kinds of throws. Unbelievable anticipation. Throwing passes before receivers make their breaks. So he has two really high-level traits, Colin, that we didn't really see in college because the college game doesn't ask the quarterback to play that way. So these are things he can do at a really high level. They're wow traits. They're just different than the wow traits we're used to seeing when we see a Caleb Williams run around or or those kinds of quarterbacks. you know, but he he's really special with those two things.
3: okay, I want to spend some time on Russell Wilson because I had said a couple of weeks ago in the winning streak, I feel like I'm getting 80 eighty five percent of Seattle Russ well, yeah. well, a hundred percent of Seattle Russ. A defensive coach said, I'm out. If I'm getting 80 to 85%, what is Sean Payton, an offensive coach, thinking? Because offensive coaches, Shanahan got rid of Garoppolo. He went to a Super Bowl. McVay got rid of Goff, went to a Super Bowl. Offensive coaches in this league have a much higher standard for quarterback play and what they'll accept. So my take is Sean Payton, I watched Russell last week. He's about 80%-ish of Seattle. We know about his contract. I thought he really struggled last week. I I could very easily say see Sean Payton saying, listen, he, he's fine. I didn't come here for fine. What
5: does the film say? <laughs> well, here's what the film shows, and this is going to be a problem for Sean Payton. The Sean Paytons of the world, as you well know, they spend a lot of time putting together their offense, their game plan, the structure of what they want to do, the route concepts, the route combinations, so they expect those things to be executed on Sundays. Russell Wilson does not execute those at a high enough percentage. Um, he's He's an eyedropper. When he drops back, and he's very reactive to opposing jersey color. Now, he's always been like this to some degree, but he was on a Seattle team with a dominant run game and one of the best defenses in the recent history of the game. But he's an eyedropper. He looks at the rush, and the result of that is that he doesn't see throws that need to be made. So he leaves throws on the field. Um, he's done that as I said much of his career now It really shows up because he's not on a team as good as Seattle. He missed so many things last week. He missed Jerry Judy for what should have been an easy long touchdown. And then he's he's not as accurate as we'd like him to be. He underthrew Mims on what should have been a long touchdown. So he's not executing the offense based on tape study at the level that it should be executed based on Sean Payton's design and route combinations. And that's going to be a problem for Sean Payton.
3: Yeah, it won't be a problem long. My guess is they'll make a move off Russell at the end of the season. That is my guess. Um, So, uh, you know, uh, Matt Stafford's really good. He's got some age, (laughs) age expensive, and some injuries. But it is interesting that um, people went into the season thinking the Rams are a mile away, and I look at their offensive personnel, and I'm like, well, they need to get younger in spots. They need to get a legit left tackle. But I think their talent's better. Now, I think I think they'll go to Baltimore and get dragged. But I think they're actually a pretty good football team with a great coach and a star quarterback when protected. Uh, they're on a little bit of a winning streak here. What What is the film saying about their personnel, how they're playing, how good they really are?
5: Yeah, and I I think one thing that stands out is – Sean McVay has made a commitment to the run game. And one thing about the run game in the NFL, as I think we all would agree, you don't necessarily need a high level back in terms of talent in order to have a reasonably consistent run game. If you can run with some volume and commit to it behind a a you know, better than average O-line, you can at least gain yards. And they've committed to running the ball. But I think you mentioned Stafford. Stafford is a professional quarterback. I mean, he threw that 70-yard touchdown to Nakua last week. That was sheer brilliance because he audibled at the line of scrimmage based on what he saw, which was No defender beyond eight yards from the line of scrimmage, and the only player in the middle of the field was a linebacker, 44, Taki Taki, and we're looking at the play. So he knew exactly what he had, exactly what he was getting, and that's high level quarterback play because now something, you know, it seems simple, but it's not. The ability to recognize and research the defense before the snap of the ball and then make the appropriate call, that's how quarterbacks win games in this league more often than not. And Stafford, he's seen everything and he's really good at that
3: so we i uh, most people would subscribe to the theory that kansas city's offensive struggles are simply a byproduct of young inexperienced receivers um what does the film say on kansas city's sort of um hit and miss inconsistent offense? right
5: yeah i i think that's a little bit of a cop-out um You know, look, you could say Jordan Love is playing with two second-year receivers and three first-year receivers, and he's continuing to get better and better each week. So, look, I think Mahomes is obviously a great player. That's not the point. Um, But he doesn't look the same this year. I think there's a number of reasons for that. Um, I personally believe, without being in his head, Colin – that he's not a comfortable player. He doesn't feel that his two tackles, the right tackle Taylor and the left tackle Smith, are going to hold up as often as needed in one-on-one pass protection. They both have have had their struggles. And Mahomes is a natural mover anyway. That's the way in which he plays. I spoke to a former defensive coach who played against him for years and said, hey, he always moves when he doesn't need to move. That's built into his game. And now if he gets a little uncomfortable, I think he moves even more, and there's a very fine line between making secondary action, improvisational movement plays and playing too loose and without discipline. And I think he sort of teeters on that line, um, this year in particular. Uh, We'll see as the season progresses, but my sense is watching him, he, and again, I'm just evaluating him, I don't think he's an overly comfortable quarterback right now.
3: Yeah, that's one of the smartest breakdowns I've ever heard of any player on this Segment That's really, really interesting. And now you're going to make me watch it constantly every time he goes back to pass. <laughs> I'm going to stare at that. Uh, but it's a really, really interesting point. So let's, let's give some time to the Eagles at the Cowboys. Yeah. So um, they've been just, Philly's offense, it's like in a game, you always get two versions of it. The Jalen's not running much, then he is running. They can run the ball consistently, then they don't. I never feel like I get four quarters of the same offense. It's variations of it. Why is this a thing? Yeah,
5: Yeah. I, again, I don't know how they game plan during the week, but I will say this. Their offensive line has not quite It's been dominant as they were a year ago and clearly hurts as a run dimension in the offense is not being deployed as much as a year ago so we don't know the answers to that question but that's the reality and don't forget Hurts as a runner was a big factor a year ago not because he's good at it but because of what it does to the defense so we don't see that as much this year the other factor here is for whatever reason Jalen Hurts right now is just not seeing things clearly he's another quarterback right now that's leaving clear defined throws on the field Uh, And again, I can't tell you why that is, but I would say this, Colin, the larger question, which is not being talked about because everybody loves quarterback talk, is the Eagles defense. What was their defining feature a year ago? Their pass rush, correct? They led the NFL in sacks this year. They are the worst third-down pass rush team in the league. They have the fewest third-down sacks of any team in the league, and they're the worst third-down defense in the league, allowing almost a 50% conversion rate. And it's because they cannot generate pressure. you know, And their corners have not played well enough to be able to compensate for that. Corner, you can argue, is the most important position in the NFL because you can scheme pressure but you can't cover up poor corner play. And right now the Eagles have not been getting any pressure on the quarterback. And that has really been a problem on third down.
3: Yeah. We we said this, that Debo Samuel was talking trash before that game with Philadelphia. And a lot of it is he was looking at film and he saw how ah. mediocre they are in the back end. And he knew, listen, I'm a lot better than the guys. They're going to defend him. That's why he was so confident going into that game. Now, Dak Prescott, um, and I, and I said this, it reminds me of the Matt Ryan MVP year or the Cam Newton MVP year. Uh, and Dak, like Cam or Matt, is a high level quarterback. I don't think he's an A, but he's high level. And they, every, those guys had a year. You have the right coordinator. Your protection's better. The schedule works out. You have some early momentum. Maybe there's an emerging receiving star. But I was never a huge Cam guy, but he had a great year. I like Matt Ryan. I loved him one year. Dak is having a year that is inarguable to me. Totally comfortable. The O-line, which we acknowledge eight years ago was great, Looks really good to me. Really good. Really, really like Detroit yeah. Lion good. is. Give me the factors the film says on why Dak is humming right now.
5: I will say two things that, that stand out to me, and one of them I'll be the first to admit I did not expect at all after studying Dak this summer from the previous couple of years. In the last five or six weeks where he's played exceptionally well We have seen him make far more outside-of-structure, off-schedule plays than I think we saw all in the last couple of years. He's been very comfortable moving. He's been seeing the field extremely well on the run, and he's made really good throws moving. The other thing plays off what you just said, which is a 1,000% correct – This O-line is playing really well. Tyron Smith looks like he did five years ago. He's just eating up edge pass rushers one-on-one, and that's allowed them to go to more empty formations. Over the last five or six weeks, they've been in empty formations a good amount relative to the rest of the NFL, and they've been incredibly successful. And we know about C.D. Lamb, there's one other player who deserves mentioning, and I think he's going to become a really good player. In fact, he has the second most targets on the team, be, uh, after a Lamb, and that's the tight end Jake Ferguson. Yep. He's become a really good player. He works the middle of the field. He has enough speed that he's a vertical seam stretcher in the middle of the field, and that's opened up a lot in the Cowboys passing game.
3: Yeah, Mike McCarthy, give him credit, went into a bye week. Ferguson was a non-factor. He and uh, Brandon Cook have both been a significant factor, Yeah, and Pollard getting into the end zone post buy. So we saw Brady do that when he and Arians met after the buy. They just agreed to disagree on some stuff, but tweaked. Well, McCarthy is tweaked in the buy, and it's a different-looking offense. So I want to talk about Jordan Love before we get to the big play. Just Jordan Love. And um, it's just been three games, but we can't have revisionist history. Five, six weeks ago, Matt LaFleur, one of the nicest guys in the league, was beside himself at the press conferences, was clearly frustrated with him, and now five, six weeks later, the kid looks like, what I see is confidence. I think he's an erratic thrower. He's a big kid that moves well. But I think he now just is letting it go. And I think there was something in him he wouldn't let it go. Justin Fields has this where Zach Wilson has this. They won't let it go. So what I am seeing is a kid now that's just decided, hey, the coach has told him, let it go. Is the film saying it's more than that?
5: Well, I will say this. I think the film tells you that he's an aggressive thrower of the football. So every once in a while, Colin, he's going to make a throw and maybe, uh, maybe go through a game where you feel, hey, what, what kind of throws is he making here? Those are head scratchers. But... Because he's an aggressive thrower, he also makes difficult throws that you have to make at the NFL level. He's willing to make them. There's no lack of belief in his ability to make those throws. Now, I think he needs to clean up some lower body mechanics, but I think that... He's become, and you nailed it, he's become a more confident thrower of the football. And he's playing with young receivers. Yeah. And they're starting to work together really, really well. Dontavian Wicks, who I remember his next to last year in college when Virginia had that really good season. He was really good. And I did him that year because I thought he was going to come out. And I thought he was a top 50 receiver. And then he had the bad year his last year because the Virginia offense fell apart and he became a fifth or sixth round pick. But Love has been really aggressive throwing the ball he's seeing things better getting uh the ball out quicker and he's capable of making big time throws and in fact the play we're going to show is a big time throw i mean we can go to it now it was in um it was the kansas city game the last game and they beat kansas city and it's a red zone touchdown and the thing is when you play kansas city what do you have to expect particularly when you get in the high red zone As we see love in the gun, you expect to see zero coverage. Right now, he's looking, no safety in the middle of the field. So that says, hey, now, it's man-to-man across the board. He can see all this. And he also knows that there's going to be a pressure front. There's going to be six in what is a pressure front. And he only has five to protect. So right now, there's a lot going on here that he has to recognize quickly, but he knows that it's very possible there'll be a free rusher. So what does he do really well here? He speeds up his drop tempo, a nice subtlety. This is the matchup he wants, Christian Watson against Joshua Williams. And I think what's really impressive here is the ball location. Because Williams can undercut this because of the back of the end zone. So this has to be high and away and you're really going to see it here how impressive this throw is as it freezes and you see there's not a lot of space here and look how impressive this ball placement is. And this is where he's improved dramatically. He can make wow throws and as you said, there's a lot there athletically to like, the arm talent's there. I would expect him, he'll have a bad game or he'll make a head-scratching throw, Colin, but I would expect him to continue to improve. Greg Cosell,
3: 44 years on a Thursday, NFL Films. Good talking to you, Greg. Thanks,
5: Colin, appreciate it.
3: Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right, with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com.
1: This is Malcolm
2: Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits